Welcome to Around Each Town with Simple Elegance. I am Mary Scally, your host and the owner of Simple Elegance Professional Home Staging and Interior Design. This podcast digs into the positive benefits of living in Houston, Texas, as well as what our current real estate is, tips on selling your home, the benefits of staging your home before placing it on the market, and great things happening in Houston. We are so excited that you have joined us today as we speak to prominent Houstonians. Hey Houston, it's Mary with Simple Elegance and we are here welcoming Dean Gates to our first podcast around H-Town. So welcome, 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 Dane. We love working with you. So why Thanks. don't you share with the audience who you are and what you do? Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I love working with you guys. Uh, my name is Dane Gates. I'm a broker associate with Berkshire Hathaway, uh, premier properties here in the Woodlands, Texas. And I do residential real estate, uh, primary territory on the north side of, of Houston. Awesome. Awesome. Um what got you into real estate and what keeps you so, motivated? Yeah. So I come from a family of, uh, of oil and gas and realtors, actually. And my grandmother was a, a realtor for many, many years. She worked with Henry S. Miller, which was then purchased by Colwell Banker. And mm -hmm. she did residential real estate in the energy corridor. Um, and she did a lot of relocation and uh, referrals primarily. And so she was a big influence on me. Um, just growing up, kind of going with her to show houses and put on lock boxes. And uh, when I was in college, I was getting a degree in marketing and we were having discussions of, of what I was going to do when I got out of school and real estate came up many, many times and um, it kind of excited me and interested me. So I started to move into that direction. And so I'd say she was probably a big driver uh, of awesome. that. And, wow. um, and yeah, so then whenever I uh, graduated from college, I, I actually took a job that was offered to me right when I graduated. And while I was uh, doing that, I got my license. And as soon as I had my license, I uh, got out of that and jumped straight into real estate. That's awesome. I did not know that. That's really cool to have your grandma be your top influencer. And um, so that's great. So um, what current trends are you seeing in the housing industry right now? Well, um, so this has been a very interesting year. So we actually, because election year and obviously uh, the virus and just a lot of the uh, outside influences, uh, we did not have high expectations of the market this year. Um, however, uh, I am on record pace. So we have had a tremendous success this year. It's been extremely busy. Um, I have one of my largest uh, inventories of pending properties that I've ever had. That's awesome. Um, so it has been extremely busy. Uh, I think we've been trying, obviously, to pinpoint exactly what's driving that. And I think that, you know, there's a few things at play there. One is, I think a lot of people, due to all of the outside influences, kind of like hesitated to put their house on the market. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the builders kind of slowed down in terms of uh, how much inventory they were putting out there. And so what it did is it tightened up the available options for our buyers. But then we also have an increased buyer pool because interest rates are um, incredible right now. Oh, yeah. And so you, so I think that the low interest rates, the, the reduced inventory um, have created an exceptionally hot market. Uh, at least that's what we're seeing kind of in the you know, geographical area that I'm working in. And what house, what price ranges are you seeing sell? Is it across the board or 
are in that's their pocket. the other interesting thing yes so actually this year we uh the luxury market and so in houston obviously our luxury market's a little bit different than some other areas in houston so when i'm referring to luxury we'll just say kind of like a half a million plus mm -hmm. um so i've actually had incredible success in that realm this year um now i will say uh pretty much across the board we're seeing really good activity um and really good um um, really good showing activity, really good pending contracts and closings in all price points. But I think the biggest surprise and noticeable difference is that luxury market, because in the last few years, that market has been a little bit slower um, thing. You know, when we were doing, for example, I have one that I'm uh, just came from right now, $2.3 million house. Uh, when we were doing the analysis and looking at the last several years, the average days on market were um, way up there, 400, 500, 600 days was not uncommon in the multi-million dollar homes. That house we've had on the market for 50 days, I've got multiple offers on it. That's um, I'm awesome. seeing a lot of the competing listings going pending as well. So I think the luxury market's been the biggest surprise. Yeah, that is so true. I know in just our area on Lake Conroe, um, we moved up there a year ago and the average on Lake Conroe at that point was like 300 something odd days. And the houses in our neighborhood have sold quickly. You know, they're oh. not even close to those numbers, which is really, it's a great time to be selling. It so. is. Yeah, it's exciting. And, and that's exactly what we were seeing three, four, 500 days on average. And now they're all, you know, only lasting a few weeks or, right. or a month. So. Which is awesome. And, you know, we're seeing so many properties literally go, you know, first showing and an offer which is really exciting to see. Um, it's, have you, do you do much with the, the lower, the entry level homes? We or do. I mean, you know, I, so I work in all price points. I'd mm -hmm. say the majority of my listings are kind of in the 500 plus. That being said, I do a lot in the twos and threes and I have a few of those pending right now. And uh, same thing. In fact, on, in the three hundreds um, on both of the recent listings I was working on, we had multiple offers. We had a bid war on them. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, and who yeah, are the buyers on those? So it's really interesting. We're getting, um, it, I'm seeing kind of two things. One is, you know, especially on the north side, we've had a lot of uh, uh, new infrastructure and a lot of corporations relocating their headquarters and different offices to, you know, the Woodlands and Spring mm -hmm. and Tomball. Um, and so it's allowing uh, a lot of our buyers to move further out because they're not relocating downtown. Now they're relocating, you know, to the Woodlands or Tomball or something. Um, and so we're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, corporate um, type clients that are, uh, so one of the big ones I'm noticing is that a lot of the companies, their overseas clients, um, their expats are coming home, you know, because oh. of the conditions, yeah. COVID and the different trade restrictions. So they're kind of bringing a lot of those guys back. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people from California. So uh, I guess just economic factors or whatever the case is, I'm, I have a ton of uh, California folks that are looking at and, and uh, purchasing properties. Um, Our price point and is then, slightly you know, better than theirs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, over here, yeah, you can get a, a castle in comparison to the exactly. options over there. Um, so that's always really fun to see the excitement with that. Um, you know, the other thing is I think just that a lot of people, and I think it's like COVID-driven, are i guess because they're spending more time at their at their houses or you know in their location that they're deciding like hey you know what um 
maybe I want to push out to the suburbs or maybe I want to uh, push out to some land or lakefront or something like that. And so we're seeing a lot of uh, inner loopers or, you know, inner city um, people pushing out into some of the suburban areas. So that's awesome. You know, one of the things that at International Builders Conference they've been talking about is that that they've been having such a hard time getting the millennials to move out of apartments and into their first time homes. And I think COVID has actually taken over. <laughs> and, you know, instead of people being squished in apartments, they're like, no, I, I think it's time to get my own home. You know, yeah. so it's kind of corrected that for us. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to social distance when you're right on top of each other. And so I think some of those things just kind of started to influence people to uh, seek a little bit more space. So yeah, exactly. It's been, uh, been so very what are some interesting of your, to watch. Your biggest challenges in the industry. So uh, challenges in, in in regards to like being an agent. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, one of the biggest challenges is just time. Um, it's just trying to allocate my time efficiently to make sure that um, we're still offering, you know, top-tier service to our clients um, and, and, and able to um, meet their needs in terms of showing them uh, the homes that they need to see or dedicating time for inspections or meeting designers or working with uh, all the, you know, if it's coming to a listing, just working with all the preliminary people. You know, I'm very... Um, I have a very detailed game plan when somebody comes to me to list their home. And so just accommodating all of that and still growing your business. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, working on different strategies to help um, kind of fine tune and, and uh, streamline uh, my time. Um, that's been one thing. Um, you know, another thing is just keeping up with the changes. You know, we went through a phase whenever this first, whenever COVID initially happened, um there were some changes right we didn't know what, like how things were going to work are we going to have people in person to show properties how are we going to maximize our marketing effectiveness while still uh while doing it virtually and, and uh, remotely um and so we've had to implement some certain things i mean you know obviously i work with you guys a lot in the in the listing side and the in pre preparation mm -hmm. um and you know and that's been a phenomenal asset to have because now we have the home looking in top-notch condition for the photos and for especially, I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, we'll just do virtual tours. Well, virtual tours, you can't hide from anything. Right. Um, and so it's been, it's been even more important to have everything buttoned up prior to listing. And so just kind of like streamlining our processes um, and making the, the proper changes to focus on more of a, a virtual and remote uh, marketing strategy versus you know, open houses and showings right. and direct marketing. So, and do you think doing it virtually has hurt, or has it actually enhanced the experience for the for the buyer? I think, if anything, uh, it has enhanced. Um, I don't think that it's hurt anything. Um, you know, there's still going to be buyers that want to go see it in person, and you know, we'll set that up and accommodate. It's no problem. But I think what it's done is it's just brought another level of um of information and ability to the buyer to kind of pre-qualify homes prior to going to the house right. um and it's also you know particularly with the 3d tours and everything like that it's kind of motivated some of my sellers to do a little bit more in terms of like preparing the listing for market so that we're not you know it's not like you can you know quickly shove everything in a closet and sweep <laughs> it under the rug whenever uh, you have the the buyer coming, so we're having to get it right from the beginning, which actually I love. You know, right. I I like to have the house 
ready for showings and everything by the time I send my photographer. Yes. Um, and so it just kind of motivates people to really get in, into that mindset. Um, and then it gives the buyer's capabilities. Actually, it's been extremely helpful for me because um, it, a lot, like we said, with a lot of the expats coming home, mm-hmm. you know, they're in London, they're in Canada, they're in Australia, and they're trying to make a lot of decisions before they get here because they either don't have time to go look at a bunch of houses or they have very limited time. Right. And so it's helped to be able to kind of like pre-qualify the homes, minimize um, the inventory that they want to see prior to them getting here. Um, and it's, it's also helpful, you know, buyers will ask a ton of questions whenever they're looking at a house. Well, when you have a 3D tour, for example, um, it allows them to see more and to do more. And so it helps them to kind of answer their own questions um, while they're, while they're looking. Right. And with COVID, there's been so many that can't, can't travel right now, but they know they have to be here on a certain day. Um, So that's been awesome. So yeah, Yeah, that's been, especially for, you know, like I I have somebody that's purchasing one of my homes in Canada and their, the restrictions have kept them from coming here. They actually had a a trip planned uh, and they had to to, uh, cancel those plans. And so that was extremely helpful because they're measuring for furniture and they're, you know, getting all those things together that they need once they get here and they're not going to have any time. They're pretty much going to show up for closing. So those kinds of things have been very helpful. Right. And they have yet to be in the house. They do know the area. <laughs> yes, it's a bit nerve-wracking. Yeah, it's always a little nerve-wracking when somebody is buying, a, you know, I say sight unseen. They've seen it, obviously, right. but not physically. Not been inside, there. exactly. Yeah. But I think that's going to become, you know, as, as we deal with millennials, they're very comfortable with seeing it on the computer. And, you know, I think that it's, it's funny how COVID has really pushed it, but it's going to be more of a norm, I think, as we go forward. And we'll totally see this agree. happen a lot. And you've mentioned about working with Simple Elegance. How do you see home staging fitting into the real estate world? Um, it's just, you know, so it's funny because uh, you guys have become just a part of my listing uh, pr- process. We love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love it too. So there's advantages for everybody um, in that regard. So the first thing is, you know, uh, one thing is I can go in there. Obviously, I've been doing this a long time. I'm very familiar and, and understand um, a lot of the things that they need to do to prep the house for sale. That being said, sometimes uh, uh, y'all have other ideas and y'all are more in tune with that even than I am. And then also it helps when they hear it from multiple people because, right. you know, it, as we see with buyers, uh, one buyer may walk in and love the paint. The next guy hates the paint. Um uh, they may walk in and they're and they don't like the flow. You know, different people have different ideas how to to set their furniture up for flow in the house, and all of these things matter a lot when you're trying to sell it. And so to have you know the the opinions from from myself and from you guys, um, and then also the ability you know you y'all make it turnkey. So um, you can come through, give them obviously ideas on different things they can do with their own stuff and and different things that you would recommend. Um, in terms of like if there's any painting or touch up or repairs or anything like that that are noticeable or visible that you guys can kind of bring to their attention along with me we love that and then obviously a lot of my clients are vacating the property prior to listing and so being able to have a turnkey solution for them to come in put in some staging uh to really highlight the features of the house um so i i feel like it's a must um it really just it works hand in hand together you know because it's like you, um, you go to sell a car and what do you do? You detail that car. But so many people leave their biggest investment 
either vacant or not prepared. And it's like, where's the money? It's in that house. And you want to pull as much money. This is a huge investment. And we know real estate, It's that's where a lot of money should be um, because you really can make some good money off of it. So um, it's well, very it important to... It's, it a, it's an investment. I mean, it's investing in, you know, it takes money to make money type right. um, things. So I think a lot of people don't realize that you can sit a house on the market. They, it's almost like they ran out of the door. They didn't bother to clean it or to prep mm -hmm. it at all. It's just like, oh, you know, they can see past that. Well, no, you, they uh, can't. It, they can't. <laughs> it's insane. I've seen it a million times. Yeah. You know, a buyer will get hung up on the smallest thing. Right. Um, and so that's where it just comes in. It makes the seller's life easier. It makes my life easier. It makes right. the buyer happier. And it, it works. Barb Schwartz, the creative home staging, she says, buyers only know what they see, not the way it's going to be. So we need to create miracles, you know, and show them that. the I'm lifestyle right. that it's going to be. Okay, we're going to move into the fail forward part of the, the conversation. Talk okay. about a time in your career where you failed. And what did you learn from that experience? Oh, man. Well, so, you know, it's an endless learning process. Um, uh, there, I don't think that you can ever know everything in real estate. And uh, I have, I'm have i endlessly learning. And, you know, this is my 15th year doing it. Uh, I do have my broker's license. Um, and I've uh, sold in many markets and many different types of properties. And I'm always learning something new. Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, when it comes to the failure thing, um, there's a lot of little moments within a transaction or uh, even uh, if you look at your year where it's like, did I fail there? What can I do to be better? Mm -hmm. um, I had one recently where we kind of shot ourselves in the foot. We had multiple offers on the property and we kind of understand, we knowingly like kind of took a risk on uh, a buyer because it was a little bit higher offer, even though some of the terms and different things uh, were maybe not as strong as the other buyer. And it came back to, to unfortunately Ugh. turn out the way that we <laughs> thought it might. Um, so sometimes, you know, uh, there's so many different variables that come into play when you're selling a home mm -hmm. and uh, no two homes are the same. I know that's like a corny thing you hear agents say, but it's true. You never know what the surprise is going to be and, and working through those solutions. And sometimes, unfortunately, you have to learn the hard way. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is just to when when you have something like that happen, a failure is to really just to, to reflect on it and to see is there anything I could have done differently there? You know, it's, it's just kind of like walking and talking yourself through the process and understanding like, were there opportunities to uh, eliminate that potential outcome? Right. And so you just have to really have an open mind and be willing to, and not get stuck in your ways and be willing to um, reevaluate the way that you do things um, based on, you know, experiences that you have out there. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that so many people don't realize is how creative y'all have to be, you know, because there is this little glitch can come up and well, it's all how you react to it. And, you know, are you able to grab it and turn it around or do you let it go? And I mean, there's just, I'm amazed at the conversations that you guys get into because it's like, yes, you're a realtor, but you're a psychologist and you're, you know, yeah. you're a negotiator and you have all these sure. hats that you have to put on for just one transaction and you've got multiple transactions going with everything. So it's, it's very interesting. And I know yes. in, um, stagedhomes.com, a class that I'm a, an instructor for, we actually have this real estate wheel and it shows all the different transactions you have to go through to get one house sold. And I'm like, most people think, oh, they just put a sign up and 
the front of the house and that's it. And I'm like, no, no, yeah. realtors are worth every penny they're getting. So right. we appreciate well, that. I mean, I, I really do believe we're licensed problem solvers. and um, Exactly. And there's so many different areas within a real estate transaction where a problem can arise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of it, it's just based on experience, like seeing how different things work and then understanding it from there. And others is just like you said, getting creative. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I have a perfect example. I have a property recently where the buyer just had to have the boat with the house, right? <laughs> so I sell homes. I don't sell boats, but we needed to convey this in the transaction. So I teamed up with a local boat dealer. They orchestrated the paperwork and handled the the, uh, the, the transfer of ownership uh -huh. of that craft. And so, you know, it was like, initially it was like, well, how are we going to do this? And then it was really just finding the appropriate party to make, make sure that that was handled correctly. Yeah. And so, you know, boom, problem solved. Everybody's happy. Um, and it's, and there's so many other things. Right. So that's, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's just kind of adapting and reacting um, as necessary. Exactly. So what about, what's the best advice you've ever been given? Um, you know, there's several things. There's like a lot of like little things over the years that I uh, kind of like saved in that file, right? Of like mm -hmm. things to always remember. I mean, one of my favorite things, and this is not necessarily like advice, but it's just something that an agent said to me uh, when I first started. And I don't know why, but I, it plays in my mind all the time. And he was like, late to bed, early to rise, work like hell and advertise. And I love it. Like, <laughs> I just feel like that's such a perfect little like saying for a realtor. Uh -huh. um, you know, it's uh, this job. It, there's no there's no structure in terms of the timing to it. Mm -hmm. it. I'm always working to a certain extent. So I feel like, you know, just trying to um, organize that and still maintain uh, a life mm -hmm. is the balance and, and figuring out that balance. And so a lot of my favorite advice that agents have given me have been in regards to um, trying to balance that and trying to, you know, not, like I said, not minimize any of your level of service while still maintaining time for yourself and your family and everything like that. So, you know, just like little things, there's so many little um, kind of tricks of the trade that I've learned. And I've been fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of really great people in the industry and a lot of really great, we have some of the best agents in the world, in my opinion, um, in Houston. And, uh, and a lot of them are not afraid to help you out if you have a question or if you're, um, and so I've had some really um, wonderful input from agents over the years that, you know, I could apply to a lot of different things, but it's mostly in regards to just managing your time. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like Cause it can take on. over if you don't have some, um, some balances there. It what about will. your grandmother? What was the best advice your grandmother gave you about real estate? She just told me to, she, so I've always been very excited about it. And like, she would just always tell me things, uh, basically like, don't lose that. Don't let someone take that from you. Uh -huh. Um, you know, cause you deal with all different types of people yes. doing this job. Uh, and some can be uh, a little more um, time consuming than others. And, you know, some will wear you down and some will make you, you know, uh, as being a realtor, you're kind of in the middle of the transaction. And so different things will happen that uh, you didn't necessarily create. However, you'll be responsible for the fallout, right? Uh -huh. So I think she just was kind of saying like, remember that, do what you can do the best you can do it. 
and manage the other problems the best that you can, but don't let anyone, you know, take that excitement from you and right. don't let it, don't let anyone tell you otherwise, you know, you just kind of kind of focus on you in the midst of all this other stuff. And um, I always appreciated that. Of course, she was, she was my biggest cheerleader for sure. That's awesome. Um, and it was, it's all, it was so fun to compare, you know, she was doing it in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. And so it's always fun to compare how things were then versus now. And, right. Uh, some, can you even imagine? I'm like, I can't imagine doing it in, you know, the eighties and the nineties where you didn't have ways, you didn't have the computer like we have today. Hockey sign. Yeah, like oh. crazy. Oh, yeah. They yeah, really. That's how did you find any houses that for, were for sale? You know, like they have. It was just a totally different world than what we have today. So. I think about it all the time. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think like they they used key maps, like you said, they didn't have ways or yeah. Google Maps or anything. So they're using key maps. They got a phone book each week with the listings in it. That was basically how they're crazy. You know, if a client was running late, if they couldn't make it. You just didn't know. You just sat there until you weren't willing to sit there anymore because right? there was no cell phones. Because there was no cell phones, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, so uh, chasing signatures, you know, having to drive all over town to get people to sign off on stuff. So I, I don't know how they did it. It's amazing to me. Um, and uh, I feel very fortunate that I'm doing it with the technology. Today, exactly, have. today. So if you could describe life in Houston in 10 words, what would you say? Oh man, I saw that question come up and, uh, that's a tricky one. I think, you know, um, real estate in Houston in 10 words. Uh, I just think that we have one of the best real estate markets in the entire world, to be honest with you. And that's what I would say, um, for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, we're just fortunate to, uh, have incredible, um, properties at the price points that we have them. Right. Uh, we have an amazing MLS down here uh, and our industry, I feel like, you know, with like you guys and, and all the different vendors and different aspects of real estate, uh, we all come together well, like the sharing of knowledge and resources um, is amazing. So I feel very, very fortunate to be a, a broker in this market for sure. That's awesome. And we love being teamed up with you as well, Dane. Hey, how can somebody reach you? So uh, there's several different ways. I'd say, uh, obviously, the easiest, give me a, a call. My cell phone is 832-654-4795. Uh, I've got a website, danegates.com. Um, so they can go on there, all my contact information, and ways to reach out to me directly. And then my email is just dane at danegates.com. Um, I've got full, two full-time licensed assistants uh, that uh, assist me with that as well. And they'll, one of us will get back to them immediately. So. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dane. It has been so much fun talking to you, seeing you via Zoom, and um, we'll see you soon. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Thanks, Mary. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Simple Elegance, you can either give us a call at 877-458-8254. That's 877-458-8254 or visit us on our website at www.simpleelegancetx.com.